After Buzz TV's Chief Operating Officer, Phil Svitek, comes a weekly digital series that shares his insights, concepts, and findings from years of learning and mentorship. Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to the series. So good to have you join me today. In case the intro wasn't clear enough, my name is Phil Svitek, After Buzz TV's Chief Operating Officer since its inception back in 2011. For those unfamiliar with AfterBuzz TV, we're a leader in TV discussion. In fact, we've been dubbed the ESPN of TV talk. Today's lesson isn't exactly a lesson. It's more of something I wonder about often, and that is the notion of living vicariously. I bring that because in today's social media-driven world, I wonder about the why of it all. Why are we so obsessed with social media? Why does it consume our time so frequently? Why does it cause us so much stress sometimes? And why, why do you persist? One day, I had an epiphany. Social media is a form of living vicariously. Many times we use social media as a means to judge or compare ourselves to whoever it is we're looking at. But what we're really saying is, I wanna be that person. I wanna look like that person. I wanna have the experiences that person gets to have. I wanna have the money that this person has. And so on and so forth. This frightens me. But Phil, wait a minute. Social media is just a form of entertainment. No different than books or movies or TV shows you profess to love and shove down our throats with your various recommendations. Furthermore, many people live vicariously through those forms of entertainment. After all, you yourself were so upset with the Matrix trilogy that you parodied the films twice in your own short films during high school. Mr. O'Brien seems to me like every time we meet you, always seem to beat me but not this time mr o'brien this time is when you finally die and there is nothing you can do about it get ready to meet your maker well you're not wrong about the second part However, there is a fundamental difference between social media and books or movies or TV shows where the latter ones have been carefully crafted to convey a message, to relay a universal truth. Stories teach us something about the world and more importantly, ourselves. Robert McKee, regarded as one of the world's best teachers of writing, says this on the matter. Stories are the creative conversion of life itself into a more powerful, clearer, more meaningful experience. They are the currency of human contact. Stories in this way connect us and strengthen our bonds through empathy. For more on this idea, check out last week's lesson entitled, Why You Can't Afford Not to Read. In this, though, stories serve a greater purpose. They teach us about the deeper human emotions and how to deal with circumstances in our own lives. What's wrong with death, sir? What are we so mortally afraid of? Why can't we treat death with a certain amount of humanity and dignity and decency and, God forbid, maybe even humor? Death is not the enemy, gentlemen. If we're going to fight a disease, let's fight one of the most terrible diseases of all, indifference. Social media connects us, but it's doing so on a very surface level. It has the potential to do something meaningful, but it is us who are using the technology superficially. This is the best thing about the future. It's called a smartphone. Great Scott! (laughs) It's a tiny supercomputer. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's like... (laughs) This must allow... uh, uh, astrophysicists to triangulate complex 
I guess it probably could do that, but mainly we use it to send little smiley faces to each other. Social media has no curator to filter out the good from the bad. It doesn't have reviewers to make recommendations for us. And also, consumers of social media are just as easily producers of social media. The barrier to entry, so to speak, is relatively non-existent. Anyone can post anything. It's similar to a debate not too long ago where if anything can be art, is art everything? The answer to me is simply no. Again, art, which is books, movies, TV shows, and so forth, stem from a greater sense to speak to the world. Social media posts have the potential to be artistic. Just look at the National Geographic. But it's not to say that all social media posts are artistic. The crux of the scariness for me is that things I see popular aren't really that in-depth. It's become an addiction to some, or at least a form of time-wasting, without the user's knowledge. What people present on social media is a false or glorified version of who they are. And it's hard for the consumer of those posts to recognize it as such. They believe what's posted, and in turn, it deflates their self-esteem, because it's different from their own lives. This then creates a vicious cycle, ergo the addiction, where a person now checks social media constantly to see how a person is living out their life so they can see and sense somehow that they're living this life through social media. A secondary aspect that transpires is that the consumer then begins posting falsified or glorified parts of their life to match what's out there and distancing humanity more and more from the objective truth. A byproduct of the second aspect is that we start to live life not for ourselves, but for our social media. How many times have you been to an event and seen everyone with their cell phones out taping the thing rather than living the event taking place? At home, when we see these posts of this nature, we get jealous. While we're there, we feel like we're doing it so people experience it from our perspective. This is all a form of living vicariously, but no one is really living. No one is really being in the present, and we all need to be in the present and enjoy what's happening right there in front of us rather than what's happening on the screen of social media. When are you going to take it? Sometimes I don't. If I like a moment, I mean me, personally, I don't like to have the distraction of the camera. Social media can serve as a form of communication, and some people use it as such. I certainly try to. Now, whether or not I'm succeeding at it is up for debate. Many times, I feel like I'm not. There's a quote from Henry David Thoreau that says, We are in great haste to construct a magnetic telegraph from Maine to Texas, but Maine and Texas, it may be, have nothing important to communicate. I think about this in relation to social media, and particularly to me. Is what I have to say truly important to the world at large? Or is it better served if I just communicate it to the people directly in my life? What if I spent more time cultivating the relationships of people I'm in contact with daily instead of inflating my social media presence? Most behaviors state that the human brain can keep track of 150 people at most and feel a sense of true and meaningful connection. If a person's goal on social media is to have millions and millions of followers, how true and meaningful can this connection really be? Especially if stated earlier that we're putting out a false and glorified version of our lives? Look, the insidious thing about social media is not that it's evil or sinful. 
It's that most of these things that we're doing are unconscious. We're not aware we're doing these things. That's the scary part. We begin to hate our own lives and we begin to believe that the grass is greener on the other side. And yet somehow we can't get to that side. Living vicariously in this way creates unhealthy levels of FOMO, which is fear of missing out. FOMO is another way of saying stress. Jason Fried, co-founder and president of 37 Signals, has a phrase that I recently heard and love. It's the joy of missing out. I've learned to appreciate that phrase and try to apply it to my life. We've been oversold on the value of more and undersold on the value of less. Uh, that's in stuff and, and things, but it's also true in just commitments we have uh, and our schedules. I too encourage you to find the joy in missing out instead of having FOMO in your life. So where does this leave us? What's the takeaway from this week? Truthfully, I'm still trying to figure that out myself and therefore can't concretely say. And so I'll borrow from two great thinkers, Michael Crichton and Melvin Kranzberg. Crichton says, My own feeling is that all views are right. The computer revolution is affecting every aspect of society and will produce a mixture of good and bad effects. Whereas Kranzberg says, Technology is neither good nor bad, nor is it neutral. You discern what you may from either. I'm certainly trying to. You might as well say, why do we have to have evil? Oh, we wouldn't dream of asking a question like that, sir. Yes, why do we have to have evil? Ah. I think it's something to do with free will. Before you head off, here's a few final things. First, the transcript of this episode can be found in the description. That way, you can review the lesson at your convenience. We've included a few links to articles and videos on social media that dive deeper on the notion presented today. Because this was a bit of a different episode, we'd love to hear from you about your perspective on social media. How do you use it? When do you use it? How often do you use it? Why do you use it? All great questions we'd love to know from you. If you've enjoyed today's show, please be sure to hit that like button and let your friends and family know about it. If you'd like to be notified when future episodes release, be sure to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Lastly, if you're a new host in the LA area and would like to join AfterBest TV, visit AfterBest TV's contact page. A direct link is provided. Or, of course, you can tweet at FailsFeedTech or Instagram me at BonjourJuliette. Thanks for watching. I'm Juliette Bebert, producer on the show, and we'll see you next time with another one of Fail's Life Lessons.